Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. I'm your host, Jillian Moss-Backman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Well, as I promised weeks ago, I am sitting in the middle of Viva Bookstore in San Antonio, Texas, doing my show live. As you recall, I started talking about how I could use modern technology with our laid-down traditions, so I combined my iPad technology with the bookstore. When I made this decision to go on the road with my show, I didn't think I'd have an audience. (laughs) But I have to say, I have some very close and dear friends to me sitting right in front of me, so I am extra especially surprised and happy. Let's go on to the subject at hand, which is independent bookstores. Last week I talked about how I am a champion for independent bookstores and the evolution that's going on with them, and we're not quite sure what's going to happen into the future, but such an important gathering place for family traditions between parents and child and child and friends and friends and friends and so on and so on. So with that, I want to bring out my guest for this week, who is Assistant Manager and Event Coordinator for Viva Bookstore here on Broadway in San Antonio, Texas. Her name is Carla Pinata. Welcome, Carla. Thank you. Um, Let's start with the subject at hand, which is we're going to do an event later on today from 2 to 4 p.m. talking about my book, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown. But before we get there, this bookstore has some great history I think people need to know about. Can you tell us a little bit of history about Viva Bookstore, how it's got, and how in the world I got here? (laughs) Viva is just a special, special place. It's been in San Antonio for about 37 years. It's owned by two people who are lifelong San Antonians uh, and who have a love for books and independent bookstores, especially they actually own two here in town. And it's, it's kind of morphed from, actually it was a store in town and then they bought it and moved it out here to where they are. It started out as a little donut hut on the front of this property and now, you know, is a much larger complex. looks like a uh, kind of Victorian old house with a gazebo and a restaurant and an art gallery. And for John and Franny, this place is um, as much, it's probably more a ministry than it is a business. Well, you know, when I pulled up to here, I was a little bit taken back about how big it is. Now, when you say the word complex, I think you're kind of minimizing my friend Carla. Um, (laughs) The idea is that I walked through this beautiful gazebo in the middle, and then you go into the bookstore that flanks from the left to the right, 
And uh, P.S., I'm a great collector of religious art icons and artworks, so that caught my eye the minute I came in the door. And then you also have a vegan restaurant that we can talk about later. But what I want to talk about now is, it did it start as a Catholic bookstore, or how did it have its religious underpinnings when it first started 30-some years ago? It, that's, it was always a religious bookstore to begin with, and it's, we are not a Catholic bookstore. We are a religious okay. bookstore, but with kind of a focus on, not kind of, the focus is on the kind of the liturgical end of the spectrum as far as religious thought is concerned. We do stock books for the Catholic seminary here in town, but we also have a large section of books uh, in the Episcopal Anglican tradition, uh, Methodist Lutheran. We have a lot of interfaith books. We're actually increasing that section and doing a lot more conversation with our uh, sisters and brothers in the Jewish, Hindu, Muslim traditions. We, also have, we do have children's books also. So. Yeah, I went into that children's section with my brother yesterday, and he actually found a book for his kids, and I thought that was wonderful. Now, I know I talked to someone yesterday when I stopped by to look at your complex, and they were talking about a year ago you made a decision to move in what is called out in the world now this more religious spiritual vein, and that's where my book comes in. But what decision did you all make on your end that this needed to be included in the expansion of your own business? It's very hard for a bookstore, I think, to, especially an independent in this day and age, to survive selling just books that are of a religious nature. And we've always had books that are more than that, more you know, on the spirituality, uh, the mystics, prayer books. And we, because we also have a gallery and we do workshops and signings and stuff, we really wanted to start kind of, um, wanted to start nurturing the idea that this was more than a bookstore. Okay. That it also was a center for creativity, spirituality, health, and wellness. Exactly what do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? Well, with, by, by creativity, nurturing people's uh, hunger for creativity, we're doing an Artist Way workshop, uh, another a book that's called The Artist Rule, which is another 12-week course on spirituality and creativity is done here. Spirituality is... Uh, you know, more rather than a book about, say, history of a particular denomination or Bible study, it's the Celtic spirituality or the spirituality of the mystics, how I take my faith and live it in my life day to day. Health, uh, you know, with the vegan restaurant now here, which has been here for seven months, there's this huge shift for people to begin to think holistically about how that all kind of weaves together for them in their life. You know, and with vegan restaurants, I believe I was told that it is the first one in San Antonio right now. It's the first all-vegan restaurant. There are all other vegan. restaurants that have vegan options, but this one is all-vegan. Like I said, they've been here seven months, already have been named one of the top ten new restaurants in San Antonio, and are actually working toward probably, I believe, they've told me by May, being also a gluten-free restaurant. Wow. Those are big goals. 
Yeah. You know, one of the things that I have figured out by owning my own wellness center, that spirituality is more of a walk and a relationship with a higher a higher essence of yourself or even the essence of walking and finding your own true self of authenticity. What I like about this complex is that the component of the vegan restaurant is energy. And a lot of times I think people don't understand the food that we eat creates either negative or positive energy. And if you get beyond the vegan part of it, it's understanding the more pure that you can live in that spirituality, the more that you'll find out that religious and spirituality is a way of life. I think that's what you've got to handle on here very well. Well, I hope we do, and that's certainly what we're, you know, aspiring to is that holistic way of looking at at your life through all that you do, uh, you know, through the way you eat, through the things that the books that you choose to read, the um, kinds of, you know, group experiences you choose to have because we also have a meditation group that meets. It's kind of, it's a centering prayer group, you know, traditional centering prayer. We also have another meditation group that meets that is called Remembering Your Wisdom, and it's for women run by a woman who has her training in the Native American shaman tradition. But we're finding, you know, all of us that are in these groups are finding that all these paths are overlapping and interweaving, and it's just enhancing who we are. Yeah, and I think because of your center, you're two steps ahead of what's going on in the world, meaning this is going to become a way of life. This is how we are going to continue to grow in spirituality and religion. And I think people get confused in understanding you can live in that duality. So I like the way and the platform you set things up here. I want to go back to one thing you said, Carla, and expand on a little bit more. That's the idea of the independent bookstores, and I'll tell you why. I have to admit that I'm a first-time writer, and I've been writing for radio and um, other avenues for a very long time. But when I stepped into the publishing world and I was in, in the process of going to these different conventions, I was taken back by the complexity and the compassion that these owners of independent bookstores have across America. They have a compassion of, they obviously love what they're doing, correct? Yes, you have to, to do this. (laughs) You know, and I can see it in their faces that the independent bookstore is struggling, of course. In your opinion, where do you think the whole independent bookstore genre is going to take itself in the next couple years? I wish I knew. I really do. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, you just sort of have to try to anticipate and think outside the box and find ways to bring the community into the bookstore, not just to buy a book, but for them to know that this is a place where they can come hang out. This is a place, you know, we're lucky, where they can have a meal, 
they can come in. They can sit with their computers. They can bring their, you know, we love having the kids here. We've got a little corner with a bunch of bean bags in it. You know, bring yeah, I saw that. I like that. You know, and I love, we have, we took a, there was a picture one day that was on our Facebook of a grandfather who came in. He was looking for something for church. He needed, because he was, I don't know if he was teaching a Sunday school class or he was maybe on a vestry or something. And he had his grandchild with him. And his grandfather was sitting there in front of the, I think actually was the Episcopal Anglican section, looking at very traditional religious types of resources. And his two-year-old grandson is sitting on the floor with a little book, reading while he's waiting for his grandfather. And, you know, it was, there's something for everyone here. And my point about that is, is the independent bookstores, and each one is so independent and so unique we're having to learn to say, okay, how do I nurture that? How do I let people know that there is a that there's a little bit of everything, you know, for our customers? And I mean, we have old, old, faithful customers, and so this kind of new branching out is a little bit kind of like, well, you know, that's not Viva, and we're going, yeah, it still is because we can be both and. Yeah, I I love that story, actually. I'm taking it all in. And one of the things, unfortunately, to a certain extent, is if you look at statistics, people are leaving the church. They're leaving the church, and I talk about this in the book, because they want what you are providing, whether you know it or not. They are. They want their children to grow up as a world religion, understanding. We don't want our children to become something. In other words, my children are Christian. They'll always be Christian. But I certainly want them to have the understanding and even the ability to, to talk to another Islamic child or a Jewish child, or a Sikh child, or any uh, yeah, Catholic child. And they constantly are asking me, if people aren't going to church, where are they going now? Mm-hmm. And I see that especially you in this complex have created that next evolution of what I'm talking about in the world, of bringing all these different elements of people to the world, and that we are teaching our children, yes, you can learn to live in a world that's bigger beyond yourself and move from a world of tolerance to acceptance. And I think that's what you've tapped into here, whether you know it or not. <laughs> I, I I I thank you because that's what we're trying to do. And I know for me personally, you know, in my own faith walk, and I am you know born and raised in the church, and I will never leave it. Uh, but I do, you know, I've often laughed and said I had one foot out the door. Uh, but I had my spiritual director tell me the other day that you know it's okay to hang out in a side chapel every now and then. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I kind of think, you know, Viva's kind of like a side chapel for some of us who, you know, have traditional religious roots, but, you know, also have, you know, an ex- kind of an expanded or have had an expanded experience of some sort that says that there that there is more and that it is all the same. 
Yeah, and you know, the um in my book Beyond the Pews, we're gonna I'm gonna have a book event this afternoon from two to four PM here. Please come by. We're on Broadway Street. What's that address again? It, let me 80, look. It's eighty four oh seven Broadway and it's right inside Loop four ten, kinda close to the airport. Between gyms and then there's a Mexican food restaurant right next door to us. So we're between the two. Oh great. Between two restaurants. Plus the vegan restaurant one in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say one in the middle. Restaurant row and the bookstore yeah. in the middle of all that. And so in that book I talk about how, you know, I, I use an extreme example, not in my book, but I talk about how our religious entities and our faith and church are no longer on islands. You know, in communities, all of our churches were segregated. So whatever went on in a a community of church, it wasn't known to the outside world. But now, we, because of the Internet and things, so a church that does something in Florida can have a, a reverb reaction clear over on the other side of the country and the world, quite frankly. So we are becoming a world community. So I think you're ahead of the ballgame. Now, this afternoon, you were telling me about a monthly book club, and I think that is coming back, too, by the way. I see that all over the country as well. It's in people meeting in small groups. So can you tell us a little bit about that monthly book club that you have? Okay, there is a monthly book club that meets on the second Saturday of the month from 12 to 2, they actually come and have lunch. We have there's a pass-through room that runs between the bookstore and the restaurant because all of the the restaurant, the gallery, and the bookstore are all connected. You don't have to leave. You don't have to go outside to get from one to the other. But they meet in that pass-through room and have lunch and talk about a book. And it's an interesting group. I have not ever gone to it myself, but wonderful group of mostly women. Uh, and what intrigues me about it is the youngest member is 18. I think she's a senior in high school. And that ranging up to, you know, women in their, you know, probably mid to late 50s or early 60s. So it's intergenerational. And, for instance, this month their book is um, One for the Money. And so, you know, that's an open group. You can come and join any time. They read one book a month. Uh, they usually know several months out what they're going to read. And we do, Viva does give them a 15% discount on the book uh, for lunch. And then there's another book group that meets on the second and fourth Tuesday evenings from 6 to 7.30. The women's book group, right now they're reading uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes' new book called Untie the Strong Woman. So you know, those are two offerings. And then actually there's a third one going on right now just for Lent uh, on Christ of the Celts, which is a book on um, Christian Celtic spirituality by Philip Newell. And it's being facilitated by a man here in town who is a Presbyterian pastor, and he wanted to make that offering. And so on Monday nights from 6 to 7.30, for the last three weeks, we've had 25 or 30 people in here reading this book. Uh, so there is there is a hunger for that, I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know what? Those groups make me a little nervous, though, Carly. You know why? Because they read and they ask lots of questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like people to interact. You know, the book, my book, Beyond the Pews, is interactive. I wrote it that way. And there's lessons in the book to go along with the stories that I share about growing up in the church 
as an intuitive and a perceiver of different messages. And I encourage people to write in the, the margins and highlight, and my copy is just a mess. It's all written up. But so this afternoon from 2 to 4 o'clock, we're going to be talking about my book as well as to this group. So I'm a little nervous. They're they're nice, right? They're not... No, no, it'll be fine. Who's ever here, you'll be okay. No, I know. No egg throwing. Enjoy, no, no egg throwing. No That's egg good. Throwing. I like that. Well, is there anything else that you want to add to value that we might have missed about Viva Bookstore or San Antonio, what you do here in particular? Uh, no, just to know that, you know, that we're here. We have a web page, you know, vivabooks.com. And then we also have a Facebook page, so check us out there. We have uh, a monthly newsletter that goes out uh, via a constant contact email type of a message that if you would like to be on that, you can either put that in on the website or call us at 826-1143. We'll be happy to add that. We don't send out a lot of stuff. We send it out once a month and then a couple of um you know, kind of reminders through the month. We don't sell the list to anybody, so it's safe with us. Oh, if you, thank you. Know, if you'd like to know, you know, the different things that are going on here, because it's different every month. There are some ongoing things, but then again, every month there's always something new popping up. Um, one of the things that I, I did want to mention a little bit more about the art gallery. Mm-hmm. I was just going to pop on that, too. Okay. What about that? Good. Well, it's it's... Right now there's a French exhibit up because it's French month in San Antonio, and so all of the artwork for that particular exhibit is local and area photographers. The rest of the art that's in here is all from local artists and regional and local artists. And Jillian mentioned all the pretty um, religious art and crosses and stuff that she saw when she came in. Not all, but a large part of that is also from local artists. Um, you know, for instance, the San Antonio folk artist, Inadina Vasquez, who has quite an area and regional following. We're one of, you know, not a whole lot of places in San Antonio where her art is exhibited and sold. Brother Cletus, who's the Marianist monk in town, who's a watercolorist, we have his stuff in our gallery. So, you know, not only are we trying to do independent we we do the books, we do local authors, but also local art. So that's another way to um, support local, support small independent. Yeah, I mean, the art is exquisite, especially the French painter and artist that you're talking about. I noticed that you have actually a meeting room where a place where people can have uh, different gatherings, like the one we're going to have this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Right. And is is that what you're talking about, that art that's on that one wall? It's just exquisite. Yes, yeah, that. And then, Julian, where you're sitting, there's also art yeah. that's behind you, and those are that's photography. Yeah, it's those, oh. that's all that's exhibit, yeah. yeah. Well, they're, oh, my gosh, and they're priced well. We, we try that. You know, some of them, there may be a few that, you know, have a higher price point, but we try to really kind of keep it down so that, you know, people who can't, who love good art but maybe can't mm-hmm. purchase a large piece can purchase a smaller piece of, of an artist that they like. Uh, some of our artists actually also do prints so that if you, there may be an original that you can't, you know, purchase, but you could get a print. So we have those too. Yeah, I mean, they're quite exquisite, and you're right. The price points are all over the board, so there's something affordable for everyone. 
Well, I think um, give me that website one more time, and then I'm just going to kind of wrap up and talk about what's coming in the next couple weeks, if you don't mind. Sure, that's fine. It's vivabooks.com, and then there is also a Facebook page. It's just Viva Books. Okay. And the phone number? 826-1143. There's also a 1-800 number, which is 1-800-826-1143 if you're out of town. Yeah, and I want to mention one more time that the group that we're meeting this afternoon from 2 to 4 o'clock for my own event, Beyond the Pews, Breaking with Tradition and Letting Go of Religious Lockdown, is a free event, correct? Yes, it is. It's just, yes. you know, come and, meet, come and meet Jillian. We have copies of her book for sale, and uh, we'd love to have you just come and, and visit with her and meet her, hang out, see the bookstore. Yeah, I like the way we're going to do it because, you know, I, I do great great big groups and I stand up in front and then I do these nice, quiet, intimate conversations with people. And I, I enjoy both of them. But this afternoon we're going to have this nice, quiet, intimate conversation with just talking about the books. And a lot of times I've found people like to hear the backstory behind the book. And I think that's just as interesting sometimes as the actual printed material in the book. So if you're in the area, please come by this afternoon from 2 to 4 at Viva Bookstore, and that's 8407 Broadway in San Antonio, Texas. I know we we broadcast all over, but if you're in the area, please stop by and say hi to us. Well, I think we're just about done, Carla. I just want to say a few things about what's coming up, so... Thank you very much for joining me on air. It was wonderful to hear about your complex and the goals that you have for the future. Well, thank you so much for doing your show from here. We're honored. Oh, you're welcome. Well, as always, remember, I'm always in the know everywhere. For the next couple weeks, I'm starting that new series called Power in the Quiet Moments. I'll be back on Thursday, high noon Central Standard Time, of course, And I'm going to be talking about Lesson 1. And in Lesson 1, we're going to talk about creating your own sacred space and how appropriate is it that we are sitting in Viva Bookstore today, live, and such a sacred space. Usually when people try to get quiet, they try to get quiet first, learn how to meditate before they create the environment to do so. So in Lesson 1, I want to talk about how we start and create our own sacred space in our own homes, whether that's in your homes, in your backyard. Mine personally is in the car. It's a moving sacred space. But everywhere or anywhere that spirit calls you to make that sacred space. You can always find me on Facebook, as always at JillianMossBackman.com. For the next couple of weeks, I'll be in my office and on in the premises. I'm at Davenport, Iowa at Barnes & Noble on April 13th, and I will be doing another program over there. And then you can find me in New York City. I'm going to do the show there at the North American Books Expo. Say that seven times in a row. And I will be a featured author there for the spiritual and the religious side. So lots going on. Make sure you check in. But as always, remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I will see you next week on Blog Talk Radio. High noon. 
And make sure you check me out on the website, juliemossbackman.com.